Hi, everybody. I'm here today with a special guest, Marie Fulmar. She is talking to us from Columbus, Ohio. Tragically, her son Grayson was injured by the vaccine, by the Pfizer vaccine. You got the Moderna vaccine, right? That's correct. My husband and I both got the Moderna. We were fine. And well, tell us what happened to Grayson. Sure. So Grayson is a twin. He goes to Ohio State. He did get COVID the beginning of the school year in September. So he is a freshman starting at OSU. He's in ROTC. He got COVID and it hit him pretty hard. You know, a lot of the students there also got the, the virus and most didn't get sick, but Grayson did. So he had to quarantine at home. So I went down about 15 minutes away, picked him up, brought him home, and he was, you know, in quarantine. So he was probably... Grayson is an elite athlete, too. He was a state right. champion soccer player, and he exercises every day. Right. And he, was, he, he was running about 15 miles a day, even, you know, after he was released to go back. You know, everyone wanted to go back to school. He was a freshman. He wanted to start. He was getting behind by the delay of having COVID. He had to quarantine, and then he just had to go to the doctors. He had to get an MRI to get released to go back to ROTC. And that's when we saw the heart inflammation the first time. Oh, well, and that was the heart inflammation that was caused by COVID-19, the disease. Yeah, he, you're right. He, after he got released to go back, uh, we had an MRI. We looked at it. I spoke with, his, with the doctor and the doctor saw the inflammation and he attributed it to, he's, a, he's an elite athlete. So it's not uncommon for athletes to have larger hearts. He was okay with us going back to ROTC. So Grayson returned to school, got better, pretty much. He never felt 100%, but he got better. He went skiing in the winter. Springtime, he went on spring break. And then we got the shot in April. The first shot was in April, April 16th. And I have a younger daughter who has some chronic health issues. So for us, I am in no way an anti-vaccine person. We lived in the hospital environment for most of my youngest daughter's life. She's got long-term life-threatening issues. So I'm very she, supportive. She has, she has autoimmune issues. She, she was born with congenital birth defects, essentially. She has one lung. Her airway was reconstructed. Basically, every body system in her body has been impacted from birth. So I've kind of lived the way that COVID hit the broader world. We always were aware of people being sick and washing our hands and living in not a bubble. We never lived in a bubble, but a common cold we were very aware could kill my daughter. So of course I was in heightened awareness for COVID and concerned with us bringing that to her, especially because she would be in that less than 1% population that would get the virus and would potentially die, likely die. We've grown accustomed to understanding that norm. And so Grayson, you know, I, I wanted the children to get the vaccine for safety for one. If, they, if he got it again, because he got sick, I thought it would help his situation. You know, I wasn't told that if somebody had a reaction or if there was inflammation of the heart, never to not get the vaccine, that it could do more damage. And that's what I'm learning now is that I'm feeling frankly guilty about, I went down to OSU, I picked up my daughter and I have a son who, or a daughter and my son, my son Grayson and my daughter who's 20. So my son is 19 and I have a daughter that's 20 that also goes to Ohio State. So I picked them both up and I had a friend who could get us in to get the shot for them. 
So I got them both the shot, kind of figured it would be easier for me to just go down there, pick them up, get it done and be done with it and put this behind us. Grayson is a twin. His twin goes to Ohio University. They weren't out of school. So Sky did not get the vaccine. And of course, now he's watching everything that we're experiencing with Grayson and there's no way he'll get the vaccine. And so I'm concerned about the university saying, you know, everyone must get the vaccine or what their protocol is going to be when he wants to go back because there's no way that my twin son is going to get the vaccine at this point. And I was ready for my youngest, who's going to be 12 in August, I would have been first in line to get her the vaccine because I, I want to protect my children. And the messaging that is happening in today's world is very much a push to get this experimental medicine put into, into their bodies. And no one is really acknowledging that there are issues. And that's why I think it's important to share. If somebody had said to me, I'm an educated person, like most families and most parents, you want to do the right thing. If someone would have just said to me, at any point in time, if they have a reaction, don't get the shot, it's not safe, we wouldn't be in this situation. So it's devastating. You know, he was an athlete all his life. He's thinking he's not gonna go back to school in the fall. He's thinking he's potentially not gonna survive because he feels so sick. The hospitals, we've, we've gone to the emergency room since the first shot, probably 10 times, different emergency rooms around the area. And I feel as though I'm, I'm being gaslighted in a way. I'm not being listened to. They don't really, no one will acknowledge that this was vaccine related, regardless of the timing that it all was, that it happened. That's important for me to share. You know, I, again, I'm a supporter of vaccines, but I didn't know any better. Like any parent, you would just, from the time they're little, do what the doctors are advising you to do. And right now our governor is really pushing it as well for all athletes. In Ohio, he released the state restrictions as of like Friday, the state of emergency. But at the same day, he also was urging athletes to get back to normal so they can play their sports and have their games and to get the vaccine. It's kind of frustrating to me because not one doctor in those 10 hospital visits ever said, we're going to call the CDC for you, or you should call the CDC and report this. They never did. And they never followed up with us to see how he's doing. And we're dealing with daily issues of, of a 19-year-old who feels like he's having a heart attack. So it's awful. You know. Grayson had an asthma and food allergies. Right? He did, but they never affected him at all. And, um, he, and he rarely those, even took medicine. Are those vaccine injuries? I don't know. I never thought about it. You know, he, we just kind of pushed through. We had a busy life because of my youngest. So there were years where I didn't really stop and take care of him as well as I probably should have because I was dealing with my youngest issues. It wasn't until he was a teenager where he started to have more indigestion and she was stable and I got him into children's with her doctors and they said he's got you know EOE and that's how we even determined that he had food allergies because we really, he never changed his diet. He didn't have any issues, but it's, it's likely that some other issue may have caused that. And honestly, I never thought of, as a parent about other parents going through vaccine issues the way I do today, which it's eye-opening. And I feel embarrassed that I didn't really get the concern that they've had around vaccines, you know, and now I realize it. Did your doctor tell you that the Pfizer vaccine is contraindicated for people who have food allergies? Nobody has, not one person. 
never. And I, I didn't know that. And, you know, that's why I feel somewhat foolish that I didn't do research on the vaccines. I feel like we talk about herd immunity. I feel like I w- was the herd mentality. I just got in line and went right in thinking that there would never be any issue for my family at all. So I went in blindly. And that's the message that I think should be shared with parents is to don't go in blindly and think that it can't happen to you. And I heard a report that it was like being struck by lightning. I don't feel like it's that uncommon to be being struck by lightning because I have other people in my community that are dealing with the same issues. As I posted on Facebook, it's coming out of the woodwork to me personally. Again, the CDC, no one in the hospital, not one emergency room doctor or anyone that we followed up with ever said to us, we need to report this. We need to get it to the VAR system. I wouldn't have even known where to go except from my post on Facebook. When I posted that he was sick, somebody gave me the, the link. I followed up with the CDC. I was then transferred for, to VARS. And then the VARS transferred me to another phone number. I left a detailed message. I still haven't, I asked for follow-up. I still haven't heard from anybody. I just don't know what to do to give them help. That's the other thing that I think probably a lot of people are struggling with is if it's not being reported accurately, And I think a lot of doctors, you know, they work for the system where if the governor in the state is really pushing to get everyone vaccinated, these doctors are not, they're not going to stand up against their organizations and even acknowledge that this is vaccine related, in my opinion now. So, but your doctors did ultimately report it to theirs. I did. No one, no doctors have, not even his primary care doctors. I I called them. And CDC never contacted them. Never. Mm -mm. So, and I'm waiting because I would like to have some sort of guidance on what can I do um, to get him some medical help? Because I know that this is related. I mean, he's suffering every day. I just feel like there's some, there is a willful disregard right now for myself and for others that may be trying to communicate that we're having this issue and it just being acknowledged. Take us through what happened. How did he know that he was sick? uh, Well, when he got the virus in September, he had flu-like symptoms. So he was in bed. And I went down there and I saw him. I thought, you have this virus. Got him tested, was positive, took him home, you know, had him isolate in the basement. Um, Then when he recovered, he was fine. This time with the shot, he immediately was having chest pain. His veins in his arms felt like he was someone was pouring acid into his veins. The first shot? Yeah, even after the first shot, but I didn't recognize it because my youngest was having a hip surgery and I was kind of preoccupied. So I sent him, you know, he's, he's 18, 19 now. I sent him to, well, go to the ER if you think you're having a, go, you know, and send him on his own. What, the first time I went, the second time, I think in that same post first shot, he went twice after the first shot to the ER. So he was having issues, but I wasn't connecting that it was, I didn't know what was going on. He was saying, I don't feel good, you know, and kind of getting panicky about it. But after the second shot, it was very clear. He went downhill significant. He was significantly worse after the second shot. He didn't have fever. It's not that. It's just chest pain where he feels like he's having a heart attack. His veins in his arms feel like somebody put acid into his arms and he's got high blood pressure now, high blood pressure. And he's a healthy child. He, he changed his entire diet in the last month and a half to take out anything that he could possibly be allergic to. So he only eats fish and, you know, lettuce, essentially vegetables and only certain types of vegetables at this point. 
So I'm proud of him. He's really trying to get better, but it's very concerning to him. He's, he's worried. I'm scared. Is he at home now? He's at home. Yeah. He doesn't want to go back. I saw those pictures of him in the hospital and it was really heartbreaking for me because I have children that age. I have, you know, one who is an elite athlete and that happened to him. I, I really don't know how I could handle it. And your boy is such a grace and this, you know, incredibly handsome, like just beautiful child. And to see him in that hospital bed completely destroyed, it just broke my heart. Right. Now the direction I'm going is alternative medicine too, because I'm not getting any protocol or anything other than give him Advil in terms of getting him healthy. So I am, you know, going a different direction with that here in Ohio, but unfortunate because I just think about other families who might not have I got lucky to be able to get into a doctor that I'm seeing and you know, other families may not have that same opportunity. And, and additionally, I really think it's just going to start, we're just going to hit that beginning of that bell-shaped curve because really the kids just started getting it in April and May. And so I only think we're at the beginning of these stories, frankly. I still don't understand how it could be as rare as getting struck by lightning when I'm hearing stories by, from my friends locally. I have another girlfriend whose son is going through exactly the same thing and he's 21 years old he's fit. He's been an athlete. He's in college. So it's very, very scary. It's very scary. And he, and now he gets up in the middle of the night if he's in, and they're almost like attacks. They don't, it's not constant, you know, it's sort of a, a rolling episodes, I'll call them of attacks. And now he's not going to go to the emergency room. Neither will I, because they aren't doing anything at the same time. I don't want to see my son have a heart attack in my living room or in his bedroom. So he and I are having a little bit of butting heads. Like I've got to take you, even though I know they can't do anything for you because I want to make sure that you're not in the middle of a heart attack. So I have to do some follow-up tests too. He's just having all kinds of very weird symptoms and he's just sick and, and it's really unfortunate. And I'm disappointed with the media because I really feel like they're spinning to get all of these kids vaccinated, vaccinated, vaccinated. And I bought in and hook, line, and sinker. I got him. I got my two children that were home in the area, the shot. The other one, he got lucky, my opinion. And I won't get my 12-year-old, even though I know the risk is very high that if she gets COVID, she likely will not survive it. But I won't get her this vaccine at this point. And I've never been like that in my entire life. I just didn't know. I didn't research, research it well enough, I guess. And I feel guilty as a mother. It's hurtful. You know, it's sad. And I don't know if he's going to recover. We're trying, we're doing everything we can to give him vitamin, vitamin A, vitamin zinc. So I, I am doing some experimental things right now, but I'm just trying to help him get better. Very sad. So, and again, I think my other message is that I really feel like the doctors in the hospital, they don't want to acknowledge that it's vaccine related. And that's very concerning to me. I don't understand why. It leads me to be skeptical. I've never been one to be skeptical of our medical field, especially having dealt with, you know, 11 years with my youngest from every specialty, she's got everything that you could ever imagine. She's had brain surgery. She's had spinal surgery. She's had, she just has had her hip reconstruction. She has one lung and 25% lung capacity that she lives with. She's missing other organs. I've just dealt with a lot and I've never seen anything like this in all of the 10 years that I've unfortunately got pushed into the medical space. I'm very trusting too. So I trusted what the doctors tell you, you know, young parents, 
my own children, when they go to the pediatricians, they're going to be told to have all these vaccines. And now I'm skeptical. And I'll, I'll definitely, I hope that other people, other parents will be out of the message that you're able to share. And I hope the CDC will start to address and listen because it's not, it can't be that rare. I mean, I couldn't be that, un, you know, unlucky, I guess. Marie, I'm going to offline, I'm going to hook you up with uh, doctors in Ohio and with, um, and with our organization, we have a very, very strong local state organization, CHD in Ohio, and I think those are people who can recommend things that may help you. Thank you. Our audience would love to know how to support you and, and also to pray for you. Thank you. you, you know, have- I, I- if you have social media, why don't you tell us how people can follow you? And, and you know, you'll end up getting a lot of these people who contact you and some of them are gonna have really good ideas. Not all of them, some of them could be wacky, but a lot of them are gonna have really, well, <laughs> have really valuable ideas. I appreciate that. You know, when you're, when you have nothing, you kind of like, I, I'm desperate. I'll take any piece of advice and try anything. I'm very open to whatever to try to help my son. And I appreciate that. I'm having some re- weird things since I started posting some of this on Facebook. You know, I kind of feel like I'm getting blocked a bit on yeah. sharing my well, messaging. I can virtually <laughs> guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I'll have that, but that's about all that I've really been on but, in terms of. But how do people find you on Facebook? I'm on Facebook and right now I'm, I was for the longest time, very private, but why I'm you, on one. Why don't you spell your name? Sure. It's M-A-R-I-E. My last name is Fulmer, F-O-L-L-M-E-R. You know, I appreciate the prayers because I do know I, I've watched miracles in my past with my daughter and I'm optimistic. We have a great alternative medicine doctor that I'm working with and he's very confident and I trust him. And so does Grayson. He really trusts them that we're going to get better. But the one thing that I definitely think is going on here that my radar is up about is about, you know, bed rest and sleep. I think a lot of the doctors are advising the teens to kind of take it easy and not do anything. And I've noticed that on good days, when Grayson tries to do something, the next day is worse. So he takes a step forward and I think things might be going in the right direction. And even if he tries to attempt to push, you know, the lawnmower or the other day, we, I tried to take him golfing. He looked good. He looked like healthy. We went out on the golf course. He was in a cart, but he had to, um, that night was a nightmare. You know, it's just, it's very weird. This vaccine reaction, the reaction is very different than he had when he got sick with the the virus. It's not like flu-like symptoms. Again, it's like vein issues and blood pressure constantly high and the constant feeling of a heart attack. I guess the bed rest, you know, I hate to do that to a 19 year old, but I can't see into the future. We're just going to take it day by day. That's what we're doing. Thank you, Marie Fulmar. Thank you. You're a tough lady, and we will all be praying for you. Thank Thank you for the time. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate the fact that you spend, I mean, I know you're a busy person, but you spend the time trying to help the children with this and and your missions. I'm amazed, actually. I'm appreciative. So thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. If there's anything you need, please feel free to reach out. Thank you. All right. have Have a wonderful day. Thanks again.